Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. This is going to sound weird, but structure equals freedom. A lot of people don't understand that. Heavily structured lifestyle and everything. How does that equal freedom? Today on episode 578 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with serial entrepreneur and founder and host of the Misfit Entrepreneur podcast, Dave Lucas. I'm going to ask Dave about the personal characteristics that have led him to success and fulfillment as an entrepreneur and in his personal life. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Dave along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Dave Lucas. Dave is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, investor, and founder of the Misfit Entrepreneur Podcast. His companies have been on the Entrepreneur 365 and Inc. 5000 list seven times and currently do business in over 50 countries. Dave is the author of The 10-Year Career, The Fast Track to Retiring Young, Wealthy, and Fulfilled. Dave founded The Misfit Entrepreneur, a weekly podcast devoted to giving the audience incredibly useful and unique insight from the world's top entrepreneurs and highest performers. He is also the co-founder of the Growth Thrive Revive event and an accomplished investor in real estate and stock investing. Through his 12-minute trading system, Dave has mentored educated, and trained thousands of students worldwide on how to create income from the stock market. Dave, welcome to the show. David, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here, and it's an honor to be on with all of you in the audience. Thank you so much for being with us today. So Dave, you're clearly a very accomplished entrepreneur, but have you always been an entrepreneur or have you also worked as an employee? Well, I'll answer that in two parts. I've always been an entrepreneur, but I have worked as an employee too. I actually started out my first business, it's always a laugh, but my first business started when I was five years old. When I looked at my uh, mom and said I wanted something and she said, well, you're going to have to earn the money to get it. So I got creative and made American flags and took them up and down my street, selling them to everybody and anybody for five and 10 cents. And uh, actually one of the best business lessons I ever learned was during that time. I uh, got to got to through the entire street to the last house, had a 100% close rate. Every door I went to, five and 10 cents, cute little five, six-year-old kids selling these things with their little red wagon full of them behind there. And I get to the final house on the street and uh, nice ladle. It's kind of that house that all the shutters are always closed. The blinds are closed and stuff. So, you know, after I kind of mustered up the the courage to go to the door, you know, I knock on the door and nice little old lady answers the door. I do my my little spiel about the American flags and, and everything. And just, it seemed like an eternity it was probably just a few seconds, but she just deadpans and says, no, thank you, honey. We're Canadian and slams the door in my face. <laughs> and uh, it was at that point that I learned about rejection and went home. It was stewing over it and uh, actually made a Canadian flag with my mom and went back and sold her a Canadian flag. So that was just my uh, initial foray into business. And then went from there and actually started a number of businesses through uh, into high school, got out of high school, went to college, was going to go conquer the world coming out of college and uh, started a business uh, 
in the Midwest and failed absolutely miserably. It was the best year and a half of my life. I learned so much during that time. I went and worked in the corporate world for a little under a decade and uh, built my businesses that I have now on the side, weekends, evenings, and uh, grew from there. And then once they got to the the point where it made sense, I went to them full time. And that's what I've done ever since. And did you feel like there was a trigger point that was going to enable you to leave your employment and go full time into entrepreneurship? Yeah, it was purposeful, right? In fact, that was one of the things I was very fortunate to have some good leaders around me. They knew I was an entrepreneur and I was in the sales side of the business, outside sales. So for me, it was, that's very entrepreneurial, right? Outside sales in an organization is kind of the closest you can come to being an entrepreneur. You get a territory, you got to find a way, make a way to, to bring the business in from it, right? And so it was kind of a natural thing for me to gravitate to, but the leadership that I had was very, very understanding of who I was. They knew I was an entrepreneur. They knew I had come from being an entrepreneur and they knew that I probably wasn't a lifer, you know, and, and going to stay. And so for me, it was it was learning what I didn't know. That's the reason I went there in the first place. You know, I had this crazy idea. I was, you know, 22 years old. And I said, I want to build a fortune 500 someday. And how do you do that? Well, you get on the ground floor of one and you, you learn everything you can and work your way up, you know, and I don't own a fortune 500 nowadays, but uh, I learned enough to build a great business and build a business that, you know, continues to work without me being a part of it every day. And, you know, we've got uh, employees throughout the world and it's given me everything I ever wanted. Right. So for me, the purposefulness was learning everything I could learning about systems and infrastructure, because that's what builds a business and people, obviously, and leading people, because that was what I failed at in my, my first business. I wasn't a good leader at 21 years old. And so I learned those things and then I stashed away cash. So I set aside, you know, basically three to four years worth of bills so that when I did make that leap, because I knew I'd have to make a major pay cut because I was, you know, I'd done pretty well. I was getting paid multiple six figures. And so when I made that choice, uh, you know, I basically went to making about 50 grand a year and started building right? And then went from there, right? And so for me, I had that, essentially that safety net set aside. I knew that's what I needed. I knew that was, would, you know, it'd take me about a year to probably really get to where I could cover all my bills again and then grow from there. So I had plenty in reserve for that. And uh, it made it pretty easy for me at that point. Mm. Do you think that 21 year olds can be great leaders? Absolutely. And I've seen it too. And some of them are natural, some of them, you know, just have have a, a gift in some ways. Some are very deliberate and learn. You know, I wasn't, um, my issue as a leader back then was that I was, in parlance of corporate speak, I was what's called a pace setter. And a pace setter is somebody who is highly successful in their role. And when they go into leadership, they try to make everybody versions of them because they were so successful. And that doesn't work for people. And that's the hard lesson that I had to learn. You know, when I started into the corporate world, had my success, got my first leadership position, you know, I, I was that pace setter and I had to go through that evolution. And, you know, part of that, if you understand personalities, if you've ever studied them before, I'm a big fan of DISC. The reason I'm a big fan of DISC is it's the one that's really been studied the longest and has the most data and science behind it. There's a ton of them and it's easy to understand, but I, I'm a highly dominant personality by nature. That's where I gravitate to. And that's where I gravitate to in business. So I had to learn to tone that down 
and use and blend it and learn to work with the other personalities and learn how to let people shine and become the best version of themselves and help them get there and not try to basically say my way is the best way. And that was my hard lesson that I had to learn. Some 21-year-olds don't have that. So they don't have to go through that. They naturally, you know, don't do that or they learn that in some other way. And so, absolutely. Dave, what do you think are some of the the most challenging leadership lessons that mid to late career entrepreneurs need to overcome, particularly if they're coming out of an employment situation? Well, if they're moving from an employment situation to a to being an entrepreneur, that's different than if they've been an entrepreneur for a long time. One of the biggest challenges with entrepreneurs that have been in it for a long time is they get comfortable, right? I talk about this, this process that I use to analyze businesses a lot. I call it the DCP formula, and you can use this in your life and everything too. And what DCP stands for is discipline, consistency, and persistence. Now, you hear those three things and you say to yourself, duh, right? In order to succeed in things, you need discipline, consistency, and persistence. Well, what is that, right? Discipline is doing the things you know you need to do even when you don't want to do them. Consistency is doing that day in and day out without fail. Now, you can be disciplined and you can be consistent, but you're still going to hit walls. You're going to hit plateaus. You're going to hit things that are insurmountable. At least they seem that way. And if you don't have that persistence, or you could also use perseverance to push through those things, that's where you're going to stagnate. That's where you're going to plateau at. And so what happens a lot or what is a challenge, I would say, for people that have been in a an employee for 15, 20 years, however long that is, is that they, they've gotten somewhat comfortable to that. They've gotten comfortable with a lifestyle. They've gotten comfortable to the fact that they've got a lot of resources around them. And then they move to being an entrepreneur where they don't have all that and they've got to, they've got to build it. They've got to find a way to make it happen. And so what happens is they don't have necessarily the discipline for the entrepreneurship. They aren't consistent in the areas of the business that they need to be. And they'll definitely hit major walls and major obstacles that a lot of times they're not willing to persist through. And so those are, you look at, you look at everything through those three lenses. If you're a, an employee transitioning to entrepreneurship or just in any you know type of position, and you can diagnose pretty quickly where the breakdown is. Am I disciplined? Yes. Am I consistent? No. Am I disciplined and consistent? Yes. Is there a major obstacle that I just have not, been not willing to bust through? That's it. You know, and I need to change my attitude or I need to do this and finally get it over with, right? So think of it in those terms. And I guess your answer is that's where the breakdowns are. And that's what people need to look at. Dave, if discipline, consistency, and perseverance are so critical to success as an entrepreneur, are there ways that someone becoming an entrepreneur for the first time, particularly after a long career as an employee, are there ways that they can learn discipline, consistency, and perseverance? Yeah. And everybody has some aspect of it in them, right? You wouldn't get to where you are if you didn't, right? But now you have to ask yourself, what does that mean in context of my new role or my business, right? So I'm a big fan, and and, and this is going to sound weird, but structure equals freedom. A lot of people don't don't understand that, like heavily structured, you know, lifestyle and everything. How does that equal freedom? Well, for me, structuring things 
And having a game plan every single week, every single day and everything else allows me to be that much more efficient and effective and allows me to have the freedom that I want in my life. So for example, every single week on Sunday, it takes me about 20 minutes. I sit down and I plan my week out by day. I just take a pen to paper. I write down all the things I got to do. I go, I do a quick analysis of my calendar from the last two weeks, pull anything out of that calendar that I think is important that I need to maybe follow up with or, you know, touch base on anything from, clear my email out from the prior week, make sure there's nothing that I missed in there. And then I go and I just write by day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of the things that I need to do for that day. But I'm very structured, right? And then my calendar actually reflects that. And one of the things I did a long time ago that I think is really important, and you should do this even starting out when you don't have employees, you know, is I actually block the times out of my calendar for everything that I do. So I'm an Ironman athlete. I'm a competitive Ironman athlete. So there are days where I have to train for four or five hours, okay, during the week. So that means get up at five in the morning and go to 10, right? So like on my calendar, I actually block out all my times for everything that is me time, right? My thought time, my exercise time, my personal time that I want, my time to focus on aspects of the business. And I block all of that out so that when my employees and the people that I work with want time with me, the only times left are the times I give them. And so I've trained them to that I'm available for them at these times and had them conform to me, not conform to them. One of the challenges with an entrepreneur, your first day is you wake up and you have total freedom. You can do whatever you want. You can sleep in longer. You can go do, go do whatever you want, right? So having that structure, and by all means, if you're a brand new entrepreneur after being in a career for 15 or 20 years or whatever that is, Take a little time to yourself. Enjoy it a little bit. You know, take a week off, two weeks, whatever time that is for you. Just know what that is. Then move on. Put your structure in place. And every day, get up and know exactly what you're doing and go at it and run hard. And my days end at 530. Done. Family time. It's in my calendar. It says family time from here on out. Nobody else can have any of that time. And so for me, that's worked really, really well and made a huge difference in my productivity, my success, and um, allowed me to stop what I call time stealers from derailing me in my businesses and everything. Right. And as you said, you have figured out what freedom means to you. So you have built the structure that supports your own definition of freedom. Well, and it supports the discipline. It supports the consistency and, you know, the, the perseverance part is you know when you're when you're at a point where you're not you're at a point that you have to push through you have to work harder or you have to think differently in order to overcome it. Apple's a great example of that, right? Apple for many years was uh, just this shining beacon of innovation and creativity and then the professional managers took over and kicked Steve Jobs out. What happened to the company? They basically hit a plateau. They thought we'll just keep making Macs and we'll be able to make money and they didn't. Or they didn't, they started to lose market share because Dell and everybody else started to make a better computer or just as good. And so what happened was, is they stagnated and everybody knows the story, right? The stock got down to like two bucks a share and the board had enough. They finally brought Jobs back. Jobs totally changed the company, said, we're going to go make an iPod. We're going to go change music. Then came the iPhone, all that. And that's what made Apple skyrocket back up again. They totally, I mean, the Mac's still a piece of their business, but it's not anything that drives the future of the company to the way it used to. So they had to innovate. They had to pivot. You're going to run into that all the time as an entrepreneur. And you've got to be willing to do that or you're just going to stagnate. So along those lines, Dave, we've talked a little bit about the fact that you have your, your business is in 
multiple kinds of entities and you have different kinds of businesses running. Can you talk a little bit about what they are and why you have gone in, in the directions that you have as an entrepreneur? They actually all feed off of each other. And they say necessity is the mother of invention, right? So my largest business is a software technology firm. It's a business management and um, data intelligence and visualization company. And we primarily service the travel industry. Okay, that's our that's that's the business that 15 well to almost 20 years ago started building with my business partner that, you know, is the largest one today, right? So that was my focus for a long time. And that's something that's important is be careful of shiny objects as especially as a new entrepreneur because there you'll start to once you kind of start to get the bug, you'll see opportunity everywhere. One of the things I did horribly and one of the reasons I was terrible in that first year when I started that business in the Midwest is I had 10 other ideas that I was tinkering on in the background and they were taking my attention away. And so I learned a great lesson about really focusing and, and, you know, compartmentalizing my focus. And so in the beginning focus, I focused for several years. That's all I did, you know, when it came to an entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. But along the way, I started to have excess cash, right? I started to have more success. And I had to do something with that. I wanted to figure out something with it. One of the things I, I started early on when I was uh, you know, an employee is investing in real estate. I'm a buy and hold guy. I love cash flow. I primarily invest in a rental resort property that's fully managed. So it throws off cash flow for me and gets decent appreciation. And I've got specific methodology for how I do that, but it's fully managed. I don't, I'm not a landlord. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And um, I like that. Right. And I like the benefits of real estate and the tax advantages, but I didn't want to have all my eggs in one basket. So, at, you know, about 16 years ago, I started looking at the markets and saying, how do I take some of the things I've learned here in the real estate side and, and put my money to work in the markets? And that's how I came up with the investment strategy and stuff that I use today and do that. I, you know, that I teach, right, is I had excess cash coming from my main business, which is where I was, I'm spending all my time. I needed to do something with it and I needed something that I could create. And the whole premise of that was how do I create professional trader like returns without having to put in professional trader time? Cause I don't have the time to, I'm on a plane half the time I'm working 80 hour weeks. You know, I just need something that can consistently make me money that doesn't require a lot of management. And that's what I figured out. And that's what I teach people to do. So you can see how that was born out of solving that issue that I had this cash. I need to do something with it, you know, and that, and then it, things kind of went from there. Podcast came about later. And, it, you know, I think we've talked about that. That was actually, we can talk about the power of a why, but the mission behind that was to leave behind a, a treasure trove of wisdom for my daughter long after I'm dead and gone. And it came many years later after I had built my business to a point where all the systems, the infrastructure and everything could work without me having to be in them every day. And I had the time to do that, you know, so things evolved as, you know, over time, I didn't just try to do all of them from the start. That is a horrible recipe for disaster. Believe me, I've been there. Thank you for sharing that. Dave, why have you called your podcast the Misfit Entrepreneur? Because it's true. Uh, entrepreneurs are misfits. We all are. And, you know, in, in some way we're all misfits. Otherwise we'd all be the same. Right. And it was, it was born out of, as I'm thinking, uh, my daughter's adopted from China. We adopted her about, uh, going on eight years ago and I'm sitting there with her just as a new father, you know, just put her in my arms and, you know, she's 18 months old. She can't even stand at the time. She didn't even have any teeth yet. And, 
you know, I, I'm just sitting there thinking about this little one and, and it's amazing. By the time we left China, you know, several weeks later, she's walking, she's growing teeth in and, and all this stuff because she's getting nutrition and all that. And I'm saying to myself, I've got to find a way to immortalize this incredible information that I've learned and that I will learn and from the people I get to meet so that Hannah, who's my daughter, can learn from her daddy and his misfit friends. That was the thought that popped in my head. And because, you know, if you look at like my business, my business partners, like none of it makes any sense. Like, you know, all of us are, we're all musicians. My main business partner in Grass Technologies, my large firm, Eric Mueller, was a a former musician, you know, punk rocker who went into the military, who never went to college for coding, but coded on the side and just was a genius at it. And, you know, got into travel somehow and uh, came up with these ideas. And then we got together and he built it and I sold it and it went from there. Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? You know, here, here we are doing business in now 70 countries around the world, you know? So it's a beautiful, wonderful, just crazy misfit world in entrepreneurship. And so that's why it's called that. And that's the cool thing I like about entrepreneurs. It's that misfit side. That's what we talk about on the show, right? You know, everybody can talk about, you know, do this to succeed or that to succeed. But I want to know what's your misfit side? What's the unique thing you figured out that's really specific to you that helped you and can help others? And so that's what we talk about. That is so great. Well, Dave, we've talked about so many different things related to entrepreneurship and, and transition from employment into entrepreneurship today. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed, access any resources you may have or get in touch, where is the best place to go? You know, misfitentrepreneur.com. That's where you can find everything about the podcast. You know, everything I do is there. We have a page on there that you can kind of link out to everything. And then if you want to learn more about the investing education side, 12minutetrading.com. That sounds so great. Well, Dave, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share all of your experiences and your incredible insights. My guest today has been serial entrepreneur and founder and host of The Misfit Entrepreneur, Dave Lucas. Thank you again, Dave, for joining us. Thank you to everybody. And thank you to you, David. It's been a pleasure. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned about the personal characteristics that have led Dave to success and fulfillment as an entrepreneur and in his personal life. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.